morning we look at several different passages of Scripture. We begin in Romans chapter 15, and we're going to hop around a couple different places. But in Romans chapter 15, beginning with verse 22, it says, This is the reason why I have so often been hindered from coming to you. But now, since I no longer have any room for work in these regions, and since I have longed many years to come to you, I hope to see you as I pass to go to Spain and to be helped on the journey there by you, once have I enjoyed your company for a while. At present, however, I'm going to Jerusalem and bringing aid to the saints from Macedonia and Achaia have been pleased to make some contributions to the poor among the saints at Jerusalem. We take a look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 18. The Apostle Paul says, Because we wanted to come to you, I, Paul, again and again. But Satan hindered us. And then we take a look at Acts chapter 16, beginning with verse 6, and it says, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to spread the word in Asia. And when they came to Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd be with us this morning. As we think about life interrupted, we think about roadblocks and obstacles that we face in life. Lord, I pray that we would hear your voice and apply it to our lives. We pray this in your name. Amen. Did anybody play the game of life when they were growing up? It's a little bit less cutthroat than the Monopoly, uh, but it helps us to teach young children that the only thing that matters in life is how much money you have at the end of the game, which is kind of a lesson that I'm like... Why was that like the constant lesson uh, that we seem to be teaching our kids all the time? you got to get more money. you got to get more money. The only way you can win in life is if you get more uh, money. That's not even part of the sermon, but just kind of was in my, in my head a little bit there. But one of the things in playing that game of life, you would kind of spin the dial, and you'd go to different places, and you'd land on different things. And one of the things that you would land on was called miss a turn. Oh, I hated to land on Miss a Turn. I'd much rather pay money and say, you know, you have to pay $20,000 for this or do something like that. But to miss a turn while other people were spinning the dial, while ever, other people were moving their cars along, while other people were executing the strategy that I had in mind the whole time and just have to kind of cool your heels while other things was going on and you were just stalled and stuck in life and all of your plans were interrupted and you'd sit there and think, this game stinks. Whose idea was it to play this game to begin with? Anybody feel like they've had to pick up one of those cards lately that said, miss a turn? Uh, it just kind of feels like that's the season that we're in these days. So whether you have been sick, whether you have been quarantined, whether your plans have been interrupted because other people have been sick or quarantined, or, or whether there's just a list of things that you had planned on doing but you're not able to do now, you have just been given this card that says, miss a turn. You're like, man... This game stinks. Whose idea was it to play this game? But I have good news for you this morning. 
In fact, I have great news for you this morning. And here's the good news today. God's plans, purpose, and provisions are not hindered by the obstacles and interruptions of this world. Now, let me say that to you again. God's plans, purpose, and provisions are not hindered by the obstacles and interruptions of this world. So what are we supposed to do? As we keep getting these cards that say, miss a turn, how are we supposed to process the season that we are in? Well, one of the things that I want to say to you is that life, in life we will constantly deal with the interruptions of our plans. We will constantly deal with the interruptions of our plans. The three different passages that we took a look at in the life of Paul, we are looking at a man named Paul who is one of the most driven, purposeful, strategic, direct people that you will ever meet ever meet. He, he has this call of God on his life to preach the life-changing gospel to every single person that he can come across in the planet. He has a checklist. He, I don't know whether he carries around a scroll that's a to-do list. He says, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going. This is what I'm doing. I don't know what his strategy was in living out that to-do list, but he always knew this is what I'm doing today, and this is what I plan to do tomorrow, and this is where I'm going to go the next day. Uh, some of you are those kinds of people. You, you've got that list. Here's your plan. Here's where you're going. But what I want you to see in this passage, of, these passages of Scripture is it says that Paul had these plans, and yet the word that just keeps bubbling up in Paul's life is hindered. He's hindered here. And he's hindered here. And if you know the story of Paul, his life is a story of continually coming across obstacles and roadblocks and detours, imprisonments and shipwrecks and all kinds of things that are constantly detouring and interrupting his plans. Now, I don't want to compare my life with Paul very much, but, but two and a half weeks ago, I woke up with the sniffles. Sniffles happen. It's no big deal. It's the sniffles. I mean, you, how many times have you had the sniffles in life? It's annoying. You, you make sure you have some Kleenex in your pocket and off you go. But in the process of checking in with people who had had COVID lately, hey, how you doing? Well, I'm doing fine, but I've just got these sniffles. But the only symptom that seems to be sticking around is these, these sniffles. That seems to be like the baseline. And so... Because I think one of the goals in COVID is not to spread it to other people. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I've read a little bit about that. I said, well, let me go get tested. And so I drove to a drive-in place and, and got tested. They stuck the thing up my nose. And I'm like, what a waste of time. I'm negative. I feel fine. I got just a little bit of sniffles. I just a little sniffles, but I'm fine. I'm, it's coming back negative. I know it's coming back negative. I'm texting to Susan. I'm here. It's coming back negative. It came back positive. Well, that was not in my plans. And so immediately, as soon as I realized that I, I got tested positive, it means I can't go back to work. It, it means I can't be in church on Sunday. Man, I had a sermon that was ready to go. I had a sermon that I could not wait to preach. And because I tested positive, I couldn't be here. And then I started doing the math. 
I got sick on the wrong day. Because when you count the CDC days of how long I'm supposed to be in quarantine, I don't just miss one Sunday. I have to miss two Sundays. Now in that whole time, I am very, very grateful that my symptoms were not worse than they were. My symptoms were very, very light. And I know that a lot of people, that when they have tested positive, they have had to walk through some really, really hard things. My life was slightly inconvenienced. So I was very, very grateful for the level of symptoms that I had. But at the same time, I sat there in the one room of our house that I was quarantined to, and I just felt like I kept picking up these cards that said, miss a turn, miss a turn, miss a turn. I couldn't be here at work. Uh, Adam has got a job here in town and so he's moved into our house for a little while and I can hear the conversation that's going on through the walls but miss a turn he started a brand new job he's got all kinds of stories to talk about his brand new job miss a turn, miss a turn I got that sermon that I want to preach miss a turn, miss a turn it's a frustrating experience to have life interrupted but do you know what this life interrupted, that's not just a COVID experience. I know it's hard to think back pre-COVID. I mean, like, like you got to read books about what was life like pre-COVID. But, but we dealt with interruptions back then too. And in fact, when we lived back pre-COVID, it's not like we all lived on cloud nine eating bonbons and drinking milkshakes. Some of the very things that are difficult today were difficult then too. It was hard to deal with school stuff. Our jobs were difficult. Managing budgets were difficult. Raising our kids was difficult. Doing ministry was difficult. Planning the future was difficult. How do I plan the future when I don't know what's coming? That's not brand new. In fact, all of these things are difficult because the good stuff in our lives just keeps getting interrupted. Interruptions are going to continue to be part of our life during COVID, pre-COVID. And post-COVID. It's going to be part of our life. Now what's interesting here is that What's interesting here is that these interruptions come from different sources in our life. The interruptions come from different places inside of our life. In fact, I want you to notice that in the three different passages of Scripture that we read. The first time, Paul's writing to the church in Rome and says, man, I've been wanting to get to you forever. In fact, he says it in Romans chapter 1, I've been hindered in getting to you. He says it in Romans chapter 15 as he's winding the letter up. He says, man, I'm so frustrated because I've been hindered in getting to you. I really wanted to get to you. But Paul says, man, it's just so many other things that are going on. Now, since we're still in the beginning of this new school year stuff, I thought we would do a little, thought we'd do a little exercise together. Are you ready? Here, here's a little quiz, all right? What I want to do is I want to practice our reading comprehension, okay? Are you ready? All right, good. Here we go. Here's the, here's the first one. We're going to say this together, okay? 
Man, you guys are good. I like that. That's good, all right? I'm going to turn it up a notch. Good. Man, you guys, are, you guys could be on like Reading Rainbow or something. Uh, okay, we turned it up a notch there, didn't we? All right, now, the next one's where it gets a little bit harder. You ready? I want you to say all of them at the same time. It's a little bit difficult. Even if you can handle every one of those simple things by themselves, when you try to do them all at one time, it all just kind of stumbles and falls apart. Paul says, I've been hindered to you because I've got so many good things that I'm trying to do. And because I'm trying to do so many good things at one time, it feels like I can't do any of them at any time. Can anyone relate to that at all? You're, you're trying to do this, you're trying to do this, you're trying to do this. You're spinning so many things that it's like none of it is getting done. And sometimes our life gets interrupted because we're just trying to do too many things. We need to do too many things. We want to do too many things. And so we can't get them all done. And it interrupts our life. Paul wants to be in Spain. He wants to be in Jerusalem. He wants to be in Macedonia. He wants to be in Achaia. And he wants to be in Rome. It's kind of hard to do that. And so it interrupts because we're trying to do too many things at one time. But, but did you notice what he said to the church in Thessalonica? He says, I want to get to see you. I, I want to come hang out with you. I want to come spend time with you. But I've been hindered. Do you remember what caused the hindrance in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2.18? He says, but Satan has hindered me. Whoa, that's not fair. Life is hard enough trying to spin all of the plates that we have. Life is hard enough trying to hit all of our needs and wants and assignments and tasks that, that we have, that, that it's already hard enough to do all of those things. Are you telling me that sometimes Satan makes our life more difficult and that Satan himself hinders us in what we're trying to do? Man, that's not me telling you that. That's the Word of God telling you that. And it is a very real thing that Satan wants to disrupt and damage and destroy. In fact, some of the things become more difficult in our life because Satan has zeroed in and attack on the things that he opposes the most. There are things that sometimes are become difficult inside of your family. Because Satan is trying to hinder the good work of God inside of your family. I will tell you that there are times and have been times when Satan has tried to hinder and damage and destroy the work of this church and other churches. And so one of the things is that these hindrances come to us from multiple places in our lives. Sometimes it's our own stuff trying to do too many things at once. Sometimes it is the very darkness from the pit of hell that is standing opposed to the good work that God wants to do inside of our lives. But did you notice that there was a third passage 
And in that third passage, it is not circumstances and busyness that hinders us and interrupts us. It is not the work of Satan that interrupts us. But in Acts chapter 16, two different times, it says, Paul said, here was my plan. Here was my desire. Here's where I was going. And the Spirit of God would not let me do it. Whoa. I got to fight against life. I got to fight against Satan. And at times... God is going to keep me from doing the things that I'm trying to do? Yep. Because he knows better. You see, sometimes we talk about, God, I, I don't want my will, but I want your will. And then God answers that prayer. And he interrupts my will. He interrupts my plan. And we're like, oh, no, no, that's not right. I want to get back to my... No. Sometimes the interruption that has come and disrupted what you wanted to do is a moment where we release my will and let the will of God unfold. Man, I wanted to preach. But I'll tell you that Michael preached the sermon and Dylan preached the sermons that they were supposed to preach. And I will tell you that, that Michael, when he preached last week, man, he, he spoke into my life. And it was the will of God and the plan of God that those guys were supposed to preach the last two weeks, not me. And it was the will of God and the plan of God that I was supposed to be listening to a sermon last week, not preaching a sermon last week. It's one of those moments where we say, not my will, but God's. And yet when God says, okay, here's my will, we kick and scream and we push it against it. We have to listen to what God wants to do in this moment, even if it's not what we want to do. So I've been trying to figure out, what are we supposed to be doing? What are we supposed to be doing as a church? How do we get ready? How do we get ready for what's next? And, and, and I, I got plans. I got things I want us to be doing. I got places that I want us to be going. You know, we, we said all last year, be patient with us. We've never been in a pandemic before. Well, it turns out this year, we can't say that anymore. We have been in a pandemic before, and we're still not any smarter. It's like, that excuse didn't do any good at all. I have a feeling that we could go through 17 pandemics and still not be any smarter. Well, we don't know how to do this. I'm trying to figure out how we move our church to where we're supposed to be next. How do we regain some of the momentum that we really saw God unfolding in our life of the church? After Easter, they were great days. It, it's my conviction that whatever is going to happen next in the life of our church is going to happen slowly. Now, that's not my plan. That's not my wish. I just think that's where we are, is that things are going to move slowly. Things in some ways are going to move smaller than what we wanted. And that's not, that's not my plan. But we've spent time praying as a staff and, and thinking together as a staff and said, okay, if this is where we are and if this is the will of God for where we are 
and it's going to move slower and maybe smaller. What are we supposed to be doing as a church in this season that we've been redirected to? There's a handful of things that I want to just kind of point to you that they're not flashy, they're not exciting, but they're what I believe we're supposed to be doing right now. Here's the first one. We're supposed to use this season while things are slower and maybe even a little bit smaller. This is really wild. We're supposed to use this time to improve our record keeping so that we can better serve you. In fact, we're probably going to be sending out an email to you that's got a list of all of these blanks about your birthday and, and all different kinds of things in your life and stuff like that. That information helps us be organized and to serve you. And we kind of haven't reoriented our records in some time. And so one of the things we're going to do in this season is that we're going to try to make sure that we have all the information that we can about you. In fact, uh, when we get back, I think next week we're going to go back to a full-size bulletin that's got the tear-off stuff. We, we may ask you to fill out as much information on that tear-off stuff just so that we have the information so that we can serve you as effectively as we can. Uh, so that's one of the things that we're going to work on. Another thing that we're going to work on is that we're going to try to introduce, build, reinforce some habits in the life of our church to help connect people with Jesus forever. And we're going to be talking about, hey, is there somebody in your life that you need to be talking to Jesus about? Is there somebody in your life that, that, that you need to be inviting to be here in church next Sunday and to be in kind of a mindset that says, listen, there are people out there that this church isn't just a family reunion gathering, but it is an entry point into the kingdom of God. And I think sometimes we just kind of need to, to rethink about that. And so we're going to try to build some, some habits in the life of our church to help us be better effective uh, at that. And then we're going to continue to seek to encourage you and build you up no matter what the season is. Man, whether we are going full guns, full stop, or whether we're having to kind of go through some all kinds of obstacle course, we want to make sure that we help you enthusiastically, joyfully be devoted to the patterns, priorities, and purpose of Jesus. We want to help you live under His grace and under His authority. No matter whether we're online exclusively, whether we're here in person, whether we're a mixture, whether we've got Sunday school happening, whether we don't have Sunday school happening, we want to make sure that in all seasons, we don't miss what God wants to do in the life of our church and in your life in this season. So those are some things that since we're here, those are some of the things that we're going to try to work on uh, together as a church. We're not throwing away any days in the life of our church. I want you to see one other thing, and this is kind of cool, this kind of excites me in this passage of Scripture. And that is that God will overcome the interruptions. <laughs> the interruptions are unavoidable. The interruptions come from all different kinds of sources and directions. But I want you to know that God will overcome the interruptions. The book of Acts is really kind of the story of the, the first 
church and the first group of followers of Jesus. The Apostle Paul that we've been talking about this morning, he is really central to the back half of the book of Acts. And if you were to take a look at the book of Acts and just try to understand it and try to give a summary of the book of Acts, what you find is it is the story of the church making progress and then facing opposition. Making progress and then facing opposition. Moving forward and getting pushed back. Moving forward and getting pushed back. Every single chapter seems to have, hey, we're doing great. Oh, we're getting pushed back. We're doing great. We're getting pushed back. It's this constant cycle of progress and opposition until you get to the last chapter of the book. And there's just more opposition. In fact, in the last chapter of the book, Paul is arrested, shipwrecked, snake-bitten, placed under house arrest, and given the bill for his house arrest. But it tells us that in the middle of all of those things, while Paul is chained to Roman guards, that the gospel continues to move forward. In fact, the, the impression that we get there, the, the theme of that chapter is that the gospel is unhindered. In fact, we, we can see this cycle of progress and opposition, progress and opposition, progress and opposition, but the story ends with the gospel being unhindered. In fact, that, that, that's such a clear theme. I, I was kind of thinking about it. It says, you know, the last word, the, the symbolic last word in the book of Acts is unhindered. I'm like, I, said, I, I wonder what the last word, I wonder what the literal last word in the book of Acts is. And so here, here's a, a, a combination, the interlinear, it's got the Greek and the English, and, and there's the last word. And you can see in that last word, unhindered. That is literally the last word in the book of Acts. The gospel, the story of Jesus is unhindered. Hindered. There may be guards, there may be shipwrecks, there may be snake bites. But the gospel, the work, the plan, the provision, the goodness of God is unhindered. Because here's the good news. God's plans, his purpose, and his provisions are never hindered by the obstacles and interruptions of this world. So what's our application? Uh, very quickly, I would challenge you to take a deep breath. It's just good to take a deep breath. But, but I also would kind of kick in when Scripture talks about breath, it's the same word as the Spirit. And so I'm not just talking about you know, doing yoga or meditation. I'm talking about let the Spirit of God who indwells the life of every single believer stop and notice what the Spirit of God's presence and desire in your life is. Stop and rest in the Spirit of God deep breath. I would also say, have a deep pause. 
man, there's something inside of us, pre-COVID, COVID, and post-COVID, that wants to kick and scream against all of the interruptions. We want to fight against those interruptions. We want to push them away. But maybe what we need to do is pause and say, wait a minute. Is, is God redirecting me? Is he replacing my will with his will in this moment? And so there's the opportunity to kind of recalibrate and reorient ourselves and say, okay, this is what's happening. Am I supposed to redirect my life because God has interrupted it? A deep breath, a deep pause, and then I want you to know that we have a deep hope because Jesus overcomes every obstacle, every interruption, every piece of rubble in our lives. Let me pray for you.